1: to 15 Days of Festive Fear, day number eight. And I have five stories for you today. And story number one comes from B. When I was growing up, my mom used to tell me stories of encounters she had had with ghosts. She's had a ton. So I've always had an awareness of the possibility of ghosts existing. But my first encounter happened when I was around 22 years old. I hadn't long qualified as a nurse, And I was working my first job on a dementia assessment ward. I was nursing a man named Rob at end of life. He deteriorated really quickly and from that point he was admitted to the point that he died was about 10 days. In spite of how short his stay was he made a real impression on everyone. He was super cheeky, he had lost his ability to speak but would give you a wink or just be playful in some way. Later, when we attended his funeral, his family gave loads of stories of him playing practical jokes and just having a really playful personality before he was ill, so this made sense. He passed away in bedroom 11, and I laid him out with a colleague. It was the first time I had done that, so I was a bit freaked out, to be honest. He died in the morning, and I didn't start the shift until the afternoon, so nobody had opened the window to let his soul out. A few days later, another man was admitted into bedroom 11. I went to take his medication around to him and knocked on the door calling his name but got no answer. I opened the door slightly while calling his name but saw that he wasn't in the bedroom but that the light to his en suite was on and the door was closed, so I assumed he was in the bathroom. I thought it was weird that he wasn't answering me calling him when he was only in the bathroom so I got worried that he might be lying injured or something, so I knocked on the bathroom door and called his name loudly. Again, I got no reply, and I opened the door and found that it was completely empty. It's important to note that the lights in the bathrooms were on sensors, and they go off after about 10 seconds of inactivity. This freaked me out, so I closed the door and started backing away when I heard a loud and persistent rattle coming from the bathroom. All of the en-suites have detachable support rails that clip to the wall, but they're all a bit loose, and it honestly sounded like somebody was purposefully rattling the support rail. I walked out of the room backwards, terrified that if I turned around, someone or something would chase me out. I made my way to the nurse's station, meds still in hand, and my colleagues told me I was Snow White, so I explained the story and we all agreed it was likely Rob playing a practical joke and messing with me. After that, I rarely entered that room unless I absolutely had to, and any other people who passed away while I was on duty, I made absolutely sure I opened the window. Another experience I had was about a year later in my house. By that point, I'd lived there for a year or so on my own. I had the usual girl-living-alone spooks, but nothing significant until one morning I was cooking a meal to eat for my tea at work that evening. I was cooking in a large and heavy wok. Once I was done cooking I left the wok on the hob with a large metal serving spoon in it. It was on the front left ring and I made a mental note that I would clean it when I finished my shift. I went to work, did my shift and came home with no issues. When I went into the kitchen, the wok that I had left on the hob that morning was now on the floor, less than a foot away from the base of the oven. The spoon and all the leftover food was still inside the wok, as though someone had removed it from the hob and placed it on the floor. If it had fallen, you would assume the pan would have tipped over and the contents would be spilled out, or it would be further out on the floor. But nope, no mess at all and still super close to the oven. A while after this I was walking up the stairs on a morning wearing my pyjamas and a velvet dressing gown. As I was walking up I heard what sounded like a plastic carrier bag being rustled directly behind me and I flew up those stairs quicker than I ever have before. It could be that my mind was playing tricks on me, but I haven't ever felt okay on the stairs. They're quite steep anyway, so that doesn't help, but I don't like reaching the top for some reason and whenever I walk down them I get the sense that someone is watching me from behind. I still live in the same house now but my boyfriend has moved in and I feel less spooked but still get the odd occasion where I feel watched and have to check over my shoulder to make sure there's nobody stood there. So just to let people know that Opening a window after somebody died is like an old tradition to make sure that their soul leaves the room or their soul has the chance to escape. I don't think it's linked to anything religious or any particular religion. I think it's just an old tradition. And because uh, I, I did think when I was reading that story, oh, I've just said opening the window, and I don't think I've explained what that might actually mean to some people. And I think a lot of care homes, different places, yeah, they still they still do that. Open the window to give the soul a chance to get out. So I wonder, did. Did his soul stick around? And especially if he was a practical joker, is there a possibility that he uh, was playing a practical joke on you guys and letting you guys know that he was still around? And I I know I've spoken about this before and I have had contact with a listener who was willing to do an interview about what it's like to be an end-of-life nurse and working in a care home. I bet stuff like that happens all of the time when you're working with people who are at the end of their life. That walk story has really freaked me out too. Because it does sound like somebody just lifted it up and dropped it. Because it would have tipped off the oven if it was going to fall off the oven or fall off the hob naturally. Surely it would have tipped over and therefore spilled everything, spilled all the contents out. That's <sighs> weird, isn't it? Uh, that would be one of those moments where I would think somebody, like a human being, was in my house. And that would freak me out more than anything else, I think.
0: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results
1: may vary. And story number two comes from Rachel. Our house was a normal little house built in the 1940s. My parents had divorced by this time, and my mother worked at a factory, so she left early in the morning at around 5am. My sister was the one who took care of me. For some reason, this particular morning, I was laying in my mom's bed. She had already left for work, and the sun was up for the most part. In her bedroom, you could look out and see the porch easily. I woke up to the chain of our porch swing hitting together, which was weird. I knew my mom was gone to work and my sister would not be up this early I laid there for a minute thinking what the hell so I crawled to the middle of my mom's bed to peek out the window and what I saw made me just freeze sitting there on our porch swing plain as day was what looked to me like a werewolf the strangest thing of all was that it was holding one of our kittens and petting it I saw the hand motion and the kitten squirming and not wanting to be held or petted like they usually do. I honestly don't know how long I was there crouching down and peeking at this trying to make sense of what I was seeing. I remember that I was trying to hold my breath so it, whatever it was, didn't hear me. That's how close to the window the porch was. I've no idea what happened next, maybe I passed out from holding my breath but I woke up in the middle of my mom's bed in the opposite way that you lie in a bed. I've no idea what it was, but I was so scared, and I know I didn't make a noise. It was the strangest thing in the world. If anyone has any idea what this could have been, please let me know. And I have another short story. My granny and my grandpa lived in a big two-story house that was built in the late 1800s. It was on a 26 acres of pastures and great woods that my sister and I had ventured through as children. Many years later my sister lived in Little House at the end of their property and by this time they had both been gone a couple of years sadly. My sister was on vacation and I of course was the house sitter. So one night I got off work and went by her house to check everything. I went through the house and it was cold and eerie but it was all good. There was nothing out of place. I fed her hateful cats who tried to smack and claw me all the time and I was driving down the driveway and something kept telling me to go and check on our granny and grandpa's house which was just up the other driveway. I stopped at the bottom of her driveway and my pentacle which was hanging from my mirror in my car just flew off to the passenger side, hit the door and fell in the floorboard. I was sitting there thinking what the fuck so I sat there a minute and just tried to process it I began driving up the driveway to Granny and Grandpa's, which was completely dark and there was no electricity up there at all. It had so many trees around it just like the scene from a horror movie. Anyway, I drove up and went around the little circle next to the empty field and all was good. Then I got to a pathway towards the back of the house. All of a sudden I saw this thing coming at me at a fast speed but it felt like it was in slow motion and it was screaming, but it was as if I could only hear it in my head. It was greyish-blue and naked, however you couldn't see any male or female anatomy. It had no hair, a regular-shaped head. The teeth were sharp, and there was no nose except for little holes. Its eyes were kind of alienish, but not exactly. I couldn't tell you how long I was there. It was like I just froze. Like I was thinking, is this really happening? It never reached me. It was like something just let me go and I was driving like the Beastie Boys did in the sabotage video when they jumped their car over the hill. I was getting the hell out of there. I really don't think it was an alien, but I honestly have no clue what this thing was or what it was running me off from. You used to be able to feel protection from my granny and grandpa years after they passed. And one day I went up there and it was a totally different feeling. There were strange things about that land. My uncle had a goat that he kept up there. One day he went to check on it and it was shredded like humongous razors went from its poor little head straight down to its tail in a perfect line so many times. I luckily was too little and I don't remember it. I just heard the stories. Many, many years ago My grandpa found this horrible skull. My daddy and my pa treasure this horrible thing. I don't know what it is. It's a regular shaped head, but it has little tiny horns, abnormal eye sockets, and abnormal shaped nose holes. It's not as big as an adult skull. My dad works for a lady that used to work for NASA. She told him that it does look like the stuff that she's seen before, whatever that means. Whenever people talk about this horrible thing, we see shadows, and something bad happens every single time. My spouse and my nephew were hunting in the field up there, and they were talking about this thing. And from behind a hay bale came a shadow person that walked across the field, and they stopped their hunting as soon as it disappeared. And that's that. If anyone has any insight into any of this, I welcome it with open arms. I have no clue either. I just know my sister and I could write a book with all our experiences growing up. Luckily, she has normal ones. And I'm the one with all the mystery creatures. What was that werewolf thing? What was going on there? Although I'm I'm impressed that it was like stroking the kitten. That sounds like a euphemism, but you know what I mean, that literally. Like, I am impressed that it was even werewolves know that cats are the bee's knees. For sure. If I was some sort of werewolf, I'd be I'd definitely stop on my hunting to pet a kitten as well. Definitely. And then what was the other creature on that land? See, I always think about when we talk about stories about land and about how particular areas might be haunted or the land where somebody's house is might be haunted. I think about the story of Haol hey Fanog, that house in Wales where like weird shit was happening on the land and nobody quite knew why but they saw like creatures apparitions, poltergeist activity I always get like a similar feeling about that and I, of all things to believe in I think there are areas of land that hold a spiritual significance that maybe we're not aware of and strain number 3 comes from Margaret I've always had odd supernatural incidents throughout my life I certainly don't look for them and I actually like to think I can stand my ground at my age and block things out, but stuff still happens. From being pushed down old wooden stairs into the basement by something as a child, I still have a very visible scar on my forehead, to seeing a ghostly nun in the restroom at my older sister's Catholic girls' school, I turned back around and left the bathroom and did not pee that day. To being woken up by the feeling of hands around my neck and being choked by something at a historical Laguna Beach hotel as my husband laid sound asleep next to me. I am always now aware of that feeling that something might happen. This brings me to something that happened at an inn in Cambria, California. My husband and I were on what people call a baby moon, the last vacation you take before having your first kid. As this was my first pregnancy, I was totally stressed out. I never really had that motherly confidence that women naturally have. I mean, I'm a good mom now, but back then the idea really freaked me out. So taking a trip was to be a nice break for us to get away from all the baby planning stuff and have some peaceful time away. We drove up the coast from LA to Cambria, a super cute seaside area mostly popular because of its proximity to Hearst Castle and a neat little row of inns on Moonstone Beach, a cold and sometimes foggy beach of tide pools and cliffs dotted with those windswept California cypresses. We checked into our inn. I won't say the name because I love the inns there and I don't want to give them any negative press. This particular inn had rooms with doors leading directly outside. It was a cute remodelled inn that looked like it was built in the 1960s. We got to our room and it was lovely. High ceilings, no rooms built above us, a large overstuffed bed, a fireplace and this odd dressing area in the back next to a small bathroom. The room was nice, but it had a weird heavy feeling, like you could feel the air. I felt it when I walked in. Being in haunted areas before, I definitely felt something. And it was very dark in there even though there was a normal amount of light from lamps in the windows. I didn't want to ruin the trip, so I brushed it off. Also, my husband was just starting to learn about these spooky stories from my past, and he honestly didn't seem to believe me. That first night, I knew I wasn't going to be able to fall asleep, as night made the room very gloomy. So despite my pregnancy, I took Benadryl to knock me out. I woke up fine the next day and did some sightseeing, Since I was about eight months pregnant, I wanted to go back to the room to rest my cankels before dinner. I laid down on top of the covers and dozed off. My husband decided to take his camera and go out to shoot some scenes of the beach and some seals on the rocks that we saw earlier that day. I woke up because I felt someone sit down near my feet on the edge of the bed. I felt a heavy hand stroke my shin and a familiar voice say, Hi honey. It was my mom. I was so happy to see her. Around this time my dad had fallen gravely ill and I was not able to see my mom at all because they lived too far from us. My mom had to retire early and basically became my dad's nurse. I missed her so much. Not being able to share my pregnancy woes with her or have her come down to visit. I was so excited to see her. She smiled and continued stroking my leg, and I told her all the things she had missed and all my worries. Then the door opened and my husband walked in. I was sitting up and I happily told my husband, with tears in my eyes, that my mom said she would be right back. My husband said, What? and looked white as a sheet. Then I looked around and realized where I was, but I still insisted that my mom would be right back. It took me a second to realize whatever it was wasn't my mom. I looked down at the bed and saw an imprint of where this mom was sitting. To say the least, we didn't feel comfortable in that room anymore and after a really awkward night's rest, we bolted out there in the morning. I wanted to share my story because of so many of those who have shared mom stories. Can entities really detect what you miss the most? And also, why do they have to take the form of moms and the mimicking? It's not right and it feels like a mean trick. Whatever it was, it didn't seem entirely innocent. When I was talking to her, she didn't say anything. She was just sitting there and smiling. We've stayed at Moonstone Beach since with the kids, and we love it. But we'll never stay in that inn again. I know it's not always the case, but I think for a lot of people, their mother is the person or their father. They are the people that they feel most safe with. And unfortunately, that's not the case for everybody, and I'm perfectly aware of that. But it's very creepy to think that something could mimic somebody in your life whoever it was that made you feel safe and we've had quite a few stories over the years of like people hearing their the voice of their mother calling them at night time that sort of thing it's very it's very creepy it's not something I would ever want to happen I did have and I've said this before but I had exploding head syndrome I have it every so often but the first time I had it it was my dad's voice calling me and I bolted up in bed and was convinced that something had happened to him I was in Italy at the time and he was in Ireland and I thought oh my god something has happened to him it happened thankfully but it was but I didn't know what exploding head syndrome was and it's really scary when you think you hear or see a loved one in your life that is really freaky and story number 4 comes from Elle I've had a number of paranormal encounters since I was a kid in theory, I'm a giant coward. In my mind, I imagine myself seeing something metaphysically amiss. In these imagined instances, I piss myself, cry, and expire from fear. In reality, I'm weirdly casual and pragmatic. The first time I had a paranormal experience, I was at a sleepover with my best friend when I was a kid. I woke to see what I now know to be a shadow person. Mine came complete with the often-mentioned exaggerated, maniacal grin. My friend was lying in the bed between myself and the spectre, which leaned low over us, just grinning to beat the band. What a normal child would have done, I can't say. I narrowed my eyes at the dang thing and said, Go away, in a cranky little voice, soft enough to keep from waking my friend. Then, with it still standing over us, I went back to sleep. In the morning, I told my bestie about what had happened in the night, and she just said, Oh, that's our wraith. A family wraith, for fuck's sake. Little things happened here and there ever after, but college saw a distinct increase in spiritual wackness. My apartment was a real cliché. Electronics going on or off independent of my personal intervention, cupboards opening with a bang in the middle of the night all of the cupboards I might add. When these things would happen I would growl an order to the unseen prankster to turn the tv or stereo back on or off and lecture the thin air about how one of us has class in the morning. I did have one witness to the kitchen cupboard malarkey. It's always so reassuring to have someone who can vouch for ghost stuff. The only time the apartment got the best of me is when a large green glowing circle appeared near the ceiling above my head as I laid in bed. It looked like the iris of an eye, and I stared at it curiously transfixed. But when it began to slowly descend towards my freaking face, I jumped. Without an athletic bone in my body, I did some sort of action hero style roll out of bed onto the hardwood floor. I scrambled over to the nearest light source and slapped it on. The phantom eye was gone. I slept with the lights on for the rest of the night. During the same period of time in a different location, I was crashing at a friend's house after a night of good-natured mischief. I got up to go to the toilet, and I was heading back to the couch and I saw my friend's partner standing in the middle of their living room. He was facing away from me and I presumed he was sleepwalking. So I cautiously made my way around to face him, except no matter where I stood in relation to him, he had no front. He wasn't moving, but he always faced away from me. I paused, considered my options, and decided to take the practical approach. Okay, man, I said, I'm going to go over there and lay on that couch. You just do whatever you're doing. Good night. And I just went to sleep with a faceless fucking man in the room. My friend said upon hearing my tale that she thought maybe her partner had been projecting astrally. He had many metaphorical demons and was something of a tormented soul. So there's loads to unpack here, right? But I'm going to start with Elle seeing the person standing in the sitting room and not being able to see their face. And all I can think about is that episode of The Simpsons where Homer eats the really spicy chili and goes on a trip and sees the coyote. And in the middle of his trip he sees Marge and he goes running to her and he runs round and round and round her but he can never see her face that always freaked me out when I was a kid I used to watch it and think what? Why, can't he, why can't he get her face it used to really scare me I hadn't really quite grasped the concept of what was happening in, in the episode I think that kid saying oh that's just our wraith most families don't have a wraith as a pet it's not a pet you get a kitten or a puppy or maybe some rats or maybe a spider if you're feeling particularly adventurous. You don't get a shadow person as a pet. That's not. I'm not allowing that. I don't agree with keeping exotic animals and I equally don't agree with keeping shadow people as pets. It can only end in tears in both circumstances. And story number five comes from Becky. My first experience was almost 20 years ago. I was home alone watching TV in the living room when I started hearing a constant tapping coming from the bathroom. I thought it was my older sister trying to freak me out by tapping the bottom of the pull cord light switch on the tiled wall. So I shouted out telling her to knock it off as it was irritating me and she stopped. It wasn't until a few minutes later that I remembered that I was home alone. I tried to convince myself there was a breeze from an open window despite it stopping when I told it to but was too frightened to investigate at the time. After my family returned home, I did eventually go upstairs and couldn't find any open windows. My second experience occurred years down the line. My sister moved into her own home with my baby nephew. It was a lovely house and always felt welcoming. For years, I'd felt comfortable staying over until my nephew was roughly two or three years old and when in the living room he would stop what he was doing and just stare at the top corner of the room above the back door. I never gave it much thought, until a little later my sister got a dog who would stare at the same spot, and again later my sister had another little boy, and when he was two or three years old he would do exactly the same thing. I never asked my youngest nephew what he was looking at, as my eldest nephew was old enough to understand what was going on, and the last thing I wanted to risk was to upset him. None of them seemed scared when looking, and myself, my sister, or any of her family never mentioned feeling unwanted in the house, so he just left it. And by the time the youngest reached four years old, he stopped looking. Three years ago, I laid with my head at the foot of the bed so it was open to the rest of the room rather than protected by the headboard. One night the family dog was sleeping on the floor by my head and I was laying there wide awake, unable to sleep when I heard an extremely loud, gruff shout of my name directly in my ear. I can still feel the breath on my ear at times. I literally screamed, hid under my duvet and heard the dog leave my room although that was probably because I woke him. I eventually went to sleep and assumed it was a dream until the next morning my mum asked if I had screamed during the night. I told her I did and why, and she said that she thought she had heard me scream, although never thought to check if I was okay, and considering I never talked or screamed in my sleep, thanks mum. For a long time after that my dog would never go into my bedroom, no matter how hard I tried to coax or bribe him. It took almost a year for him to enter my room. But it would always be for seconds by walking in, looking around and walking back out. The last experience which occurred in the family home actually happened multiple times. In my house we all had our own seats but when my parents were away I would sit in my dad's spot as our dog would sometimes be up on the sofa for cuddles. The sofa spot would have a perfect view of the living room door which had marbled glass panels. In the other side of the door was the hallway and the stairs were next to the living room wall, so if you were standing at the bottom of the stairs you would be able to see through the door. It was when I would sit in this spot with the dog fast asleep that on more than one occasion I would see out of the corner of my eye a shadow through the door. It appeared as if someone was standing on the stairs and waving their arm up and down just in front of the door. Unfortunately, my dog was always asleep or outside when this happened, so I never saw a reaction from him. I didn't mention it to my parents as my dad was not a believer and my mum would probably just have shrugged it off. It wasn't until just before I moved out, for a reason I can't remember, but I vaguely mentioned seeing a shadow and my dad had said that he saw the same thing quite often, even describing the same movement. For my dad to say that he had seen it and not being able to provide an explanation definitely gave me a feeling of it being real. Lastly, Two and a half years ago, my dearest friend moved into her new home with her husband, daughter and three dogs. For a while, everything was fine. However, she soon gave birth to a little girl and after that, things changed. My friend would often sit on the floor, rocking her little one, who would look over my friend's shoulder. The baby would start laughing at something or someone behind my friend. I once looked over behind my friend but couldn't see anything however did notice the little one intently looking at the spot while laughing. My friend was extremely close to her granddad, who sadly passed away not long before she found out she was pregnant, and he was quite the joker, so I've always put this down to him visiting and checking in. My friend has an older daughter who is 15 but looks very petite and can get mistaken for being a lot younger. She is a typical teen who spends her time upstairs, but whenever she does come downstairs, she would always stop to say hello. On one occasion, I was talking to my friend and I saw her eldest daughter go into the kitchen from upstairs. I stopped talking and just looked, waiting for her to come back and say hello, but she didn't. My friend asked if I had seen something. I didn't register how she had worded her question and just responded, yeah, your daughter, but she didn't say hello. My friend explained that her daughter wasn't home and pointed out that the second I stopped talking, all of her dogs sat up and stared into the hallway, which I hadn't noticed. I described to her what I saw. A young girl with the long dark hair and a light dress go from the stairs to the kitchen. While explaining, I realised the child was too small to be her daughter. Since then, my friend has seen the same child on more than one occasion. And her dogs would stop and look down the hallway sometimes moving their heads as if watching someone walking away. Only on one occasion has my friend felt unsure about the presence as the middle dog, who was the most chilled and friendly dog, stood in the doorway alternating between a deep growl and barking, which he wouldn't usually do, or he would only do if a motorcycle passed the house. However, at that point he would run to the window and not the hallway. I told her to tell whoever was there that she doesn't appreciate them scaring her dogs and to either leave or pack it in. And luckily, she has not experienced this since. I think having the validation from other people is just so important in these stories. And I mean, it's important for the storytellers to feel like they've been validated, to feel like they're believed, to feel like other people are experiencing the same things that they are. But more importantly is the validation from animals. Because we all know that dogs don't have an agenda. They don't have any reason to pretend to see something. They just see things and they respond to them. And I think the validation from a dog can sometimes be more useful than the validation from a human. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you so much for sending in your stories. B, Rachel, Margaret, L, and Becky. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to real lifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out our website, real lifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.
0: Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,